Welcome to Let Me Know How It Is, a pop culture podcast about TV, movies, comics, and all things geek. In today's episode, we talk about comics, ages, and heroes. Thanks for listening. Comics, ages, and heroes. I'll explain in a moment, but first, I'm Zach Slater. I'm Frank Melman. This is Tommy Smithereens. And I'm Clifton. All right. So for clarity, uh, we're going to go over all the different ages in comics. You've heard this is the golden age of TV, right? Well, comics has ages or eras, too. The thing is in comics that they're, they're pretty clearly defined. The golden age is this year to that year, right? Silver Age is this year to that year and et cetera and stuff like that. So um, so as part of this conversation, we're going to be looking at the eras, but through the heroes that were created during that age. And ultimately, we're each going to select like what era made the most important contributions to comics through the heroes that debuted in that age. OK, so, Frank, I'm going to kick it to you first so that you can explain the ages and kind of give us a breakdown of the years and how and how they um, how they're distinctive from one to another. Sure. So in looking at the various ages, um, I found that no one really agrees on what they're supposed to be. So we're going to go with, um, with what, what was pretty much the average on most of these. Um, I broke it down into four different groups. You have the Golden Age, which is 1938 to 1956. Uh, the Silver Age, which is 1956 to 1970. Then you've got the Bronze Age from 1970 to 1984. And then there was a lot of kind of mishmash and decisions of what, what the next bronze, next age should be after the Bronze Age. And some people say it's the Copper Age or Modern Age, and that'd be 1984 to the present. And basically, when you start with the Golden Age, you're talking about characters that were made around World War II in 1956 to 1970 with the Silver Age. You have more of your, um, more like, I would say, kind of like the Kennedy era around mm-hmm. that time. It's a little earlier than that. Right. Eisenhower. Yeah, Eisenhower, <laughs> Eisenhower sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, during the Bronze Age, the 1970s, so you've got, um, what are we talking, Nixon, <laughs> Nixon era stuff, Nixon, Gerald Ford, Carter. Watergate era. So right. The Watergate era, sure. Yeah. No, it's a good yeah. name, Clifton, actually. It's, I mean, that kind of sums it up nicely in a weird way, that era. Like, oh, civil rights era, too. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Sure, sure. And then the Copper Age the mo- you know, to the modern age, you know, that, that's a lot, I know it's a lot more time, but it's one of those things where... There's been, you know, I see, I saw the modern age, I saw the copper age, I saw, you know, the, the steel age. There's a bunch of different, you know, no one can really decide on just what exactly they meant, but this is what we're going for. And the other thing to keep in mind is this is not a comprehensive list. Um, it's mostly Marvel and DC. I'm going to say it's right. probably all Marvel and DC, but it's one of those things where um, in some cases we chose to put characters that didn't debut at DC, like say Captain Marvel or Ted Core Blue Beetle. Some cases we put them, you know, not with original companies. But where they sort of debuted, but it's it's different. You'll, as we go over, we'll talk more about it. Right, exactly. So yeah, so uh, uh, comic scholars do disagree a little bit on sort of like on the breakup here and there. The one thing that that I think that they all agree on completely is that Golden Age starts in 1938, and that's at Action Comics number one. Right, right, yes. Basic, basically, the the concept there is that Superman's the first superhero. Right. Mm -hmm. Traditional superhero as we know it. And that kind of kicks off like comics going in the superhero direction that they went in with a couple of exceptions here and there throughout the history. But we can get into that as well. Um, Right. So I'm correct in in saying that it's action. Comics number one is this is the kickoff of the golden age. Right. Right. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, that they can all agree on. After that, it's pretty much up for grabs. Right. So, yeah. So, um. My my sense of it, and you guys can correct me if I'm wrong about this. Like like my sense is that is that this you know, um, it's fascinating to me looking at these ages to kind of see like what trends and creativity sort of were, uh, uh you know, I, I would say in vogue during that time, mm-hmm. right? I think the cool thing to me is that like comics are always. A, 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 like a, a reflection of the time that they're that they're you know published in right does that make sense mm-hmm. and sure. so what's cool to me is that i think the creativity and sort of like the 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 creative decisions that some of the creators were making are, are impacted by you know 
um, contemporary events, train uh, trends, the market, you know, what was selling, what was not selling and things of that nature. Right. And so I think what happens is that is that like later on, comic fans and scholars look back at this time and kind of say like, okay, like this collection of books in this age range, like kind of have all this same commonality. So we're saying that this is like that this is that age. Right. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Sure. Okay. For example, right? Like, like the, the Silver Age tends to be associated with like fantastical science fiction. Right. Right. That tends to be a, a commonality among many of the books in that era. Not the only commonality, but, but like that's, that's one of the things that people think about when they think Silver Age. Sure. Cause right. you had a lot, I mean, you had a lot of stuff like with the flashbacks in DC or a lot of those books at the time in order to help teach kids, you know, sciencey stuff, they would have, a, you know, some kind of far out, su- you know, superhero idea or concept. And then it would be uh, like a flashback to the flash or, you know, Green Lantern would occasionally explain, you know, what the speed of light was or something like that, you know, just basically just to make it so that they could point to if Congress came looking by or whatever, or Wortham or whoever that was trying to say the comics were bad and leading to delinquency, they could say, no, there's, there's actual scientific fact in these books. Right. And the Marvel heroes themselves at that time often had a atomic age origin, mm-hmm. the cosmic rays and the space race with the Fantastic Four at the time, Hulk being atomic weapons mm-hmm. and Spider-Man radioactive spiders. So they were they were tied to what they were thinking about at the time right. in the atomic age. Right. All right. So so should we get into some of the characters that debuted in the Golden Age? Yeah, let's do that. Let's get into that. OK, so so the Golden Age. Uh, what, what's, so what's kind of the crux for this one? It's just, it's just sort of like the dawn of heroes, the dawn of the superhero. I mean, a lot of the time, you know, you get that, that they get, uh, tagged with the idea of being mystery men mm-hmm. and women, you know, it was a lot of like comics and a gimmick. <laughs> Not everybody had fantastic superpowers. It was a lot of times it was just, you know, they had one, one thing they did well, or they were, you know, a lot of, you know, um, it was a lot of transition from, from the idea of, of, of having characters that were like, cowboys or cops or or uh private investigators that now suddenly were wearing a mask for some reason right an extension of the pulps a little bit too i guess right yeah 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 definitely you know i think it's one of those things where you know once once i think it was a lot of it was is once superman was out it was definitely chasing that next that next thing that was going to be the money maker right so the idea was just like a wild a wild burst of ideas that basically would you know would hopefully stick Okay, so so like for example, so we got Superman, and who else in that period? Nineteen thirty-eight to what'd you say, forty-seven to fifty-six? Fifty-six. Okay, yeah. Uh, I'm looking at a different list. See, there's a lot of lists for this. Right there is. <laughs> yeah. So you're talking like you got Superman as your first, and then Batman, Wonder Woman, um, uh, Alan Scott, Green Lantern, Jay Garrick, Flash, Al Pratt as the Atom, Mr. Terrific, Terry Sloan, uh, the Spectre. Hawk Girl, Hawkman. Who else? Sandman, Wesley Dodds. And this is just DC, right? Yeah. Um, Wildcat, Ted Grant. Uh, Wonder Woman, Zatara. Like a, ma- a lot of the mainstays or, you know, a lot of the characters that would eventually become, you know, you would you at least know the name and then you're not really sure who's underneath the mask, you're, you know, decades later. Right. Yeah. Robin, Starman. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Vigilante. So a lot of, a lot of, um, you know, a lot of these characters are still around, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, a right. lot, a lot of them, you know, a lot of them kind of, uh, become known what is later known as like the justice society, right? Like, like what we know them as, um, right. You know? Yeah. But there's some big ones at Marvel too, or, or, you mm-hmm. know, or were they timely at this point? They weren't Marvel just yet. Right. No, they were timely at this point. Okay. So there you had like Submariner, Namor, you had uh, the Human Torch, what was the Android, Jim Hammond, um, Captain America. Right. Yeah. He's the big one. Bucky, Namor, Venus, the Wizard, the Destroyer, Citizen V, Blonde Phantom. I mean, a lot of these aren't quite as known as well as the DC ones, but they still, you know, you can't argue that, that Namor and, and Captain America are the two big ones that probably jump out at everybody. Bucky too, now yeah. with Winter Soldier. But Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. But yeah, that's a character that's been around since, you know, almost the beginning. It's interesting to me that DC kept a lot of these, a lot of their golden age characters more active and Marvel 
let a lot of theirs kind of lapse into obscurity mm-hmm. with a few exceptions. And then the ones they kept, Submariner and, and Captain America, they, they kept they kept tied to that time period. Mm-hmm. Like both of them still have the history of, of their World War II stories. And, and like right. they kept them firmly planted there and then just let some of the others fade away to obscurity instead of making new versions of those characters later, like DC often did. Right. I mean, you had people like, you know, Roy Thomas who came along and would basically, you know, had a love for those golden age characters mm. and, and, and their place in that time, in that, that time frame of being around World War II. Right. And would do, you know, do work at both Marvel and DC um, with, with uh, like various titles like Invaders or mm. um, All-Star Squadron. And they would basically retcon and back, you know, give you backstory or give you, you know, the idea of, yeah, these characters were around together, but we didn't really have them see them team up in their original golden age stories. But now he's like, it's basically, he, it was his playground. And he played with a lot of that stuff. Yeah. Um, Jeff Parker did the same thing with Agents of Atlas. Right. Um, when he brought in like Venus and Namora and uh, was it Gorilla Man? <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> he put he put it in Marvel Boy, the original Marvel Boy, not the, uh, not Norva, Novar, the one from, uh, not the Morrison one, but the original right. one with, that was from Venus, not from Venus, was um, from Uranus. It's, it's hard to keep track. But all those characters, <laughs> but Jeff Parker played with a bunch of those too. I'm trying to think of somebody else who did stuff. Like Robert Kirkman did a Destroyer miniseries yeah. at one point. So every now and then someone, or like, but then you have characters like um, Union Jack or Spitfire that were supposed, like again, were put into that time, but I don't really know if, if Marvel had anything to do with them. I think they were just 70s creations. Right. Mm, okay. You know they were created for those books, and Union Jack is is currently in um in a Paul Grist book that's all about British heroes. Oh no, kidding! Yeah, it's it's out. I think it's got like two issues out so far, but it's a whole it's all British heroes written by him. And then the only one that I know of that might be the only like the only non original hero for that book is Union Jack. So. So yeah, so this this is the superhero like the dawn of the superhero that you know them trying to like you were saying like kind of ch- chase chase the success of superman and we're just throwing you know coming up with a whole bunch of other ideas and seeing hopefully that something comes along and it's going to be as successful as superman was right right absolutely yep yeah and then you had basically like i said it's, it's you know it's and in so many cases you know it's obviously a lot of those characters have, a, have still i think the only three that were published all the way through you know when you had them the, the era after the golden age where it's kind of this you know um you know, it's Westerns and it's romance comics and it's, you know, it's crime comics and horror and yeah. big monster comics. So, like so really, three- really quick. So I'm going to interrupt you. That, so that's why I said 47, because I okay. saw another list that, that, that takes that age as a separate age. Right. Right. So, so like that, that looks at, you know, the point where superheroes stopped selling as well in like 47. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they started getting Western crime comics, romance comics, monster comics and stuff like that. And they right. looked at that as sort of like a separate separate uh, um era that they called mm-hmm. the atomic age incidentally not to be confusing but that <laughs> <laughs> right yeah but what, what the only thing i'd say was is that superman batman and, and wonder woman were still produced as far as i know right yeah so those are the only three that yeah. still continued on into, into the next age so yeah in some you know there's there's a but the main thing is a lot of these characters are still you know still active but obviously not those original characters but still sort of are those characters right I guess. Yeah. So yeah. at one point we were saying is at the beginning it was mostly a, uh, a run for uh, mostly to copy Superman. But as the, I guess what the wartime effort progressed, it became wartime comics up until what the late forties. And then it progressed, or at least the story started to diversify into like Western, a little bit more detective. Mm-hmm. Um, just uh, other characters were created as a result of a different stories that etched away from, I guess what Superman, right? Yeah, because even that's the, like the era that you have a lot of, you know, you have a lot of Batman, you know, space cop stuff. Yeah. So Batman evolves from being like, you know, a dark <laughs> vigilante in the 30s, carrying a gun to being, you know, Batman space cop. And I'm going to be, you know, we're going to be going to Dimension X and all that kind of stuff. So it kind of okay. tr- tried to fit in with what else was going on in comics, but right, it wasn't quite the same. Yeah. So, so we'll get, we'll get into that. So, so it segues into the Silver Age. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but what was something that's worth mentioning too is the uh, I think the the code, the comics code. Yeah, that developed during this time too, didn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's just something that, due to the immense popularity and juvenile delinquency, <laughs> right? 
<laughs> they felt the need to have certain standards set in there, some stuff not mentioned. Right. Which was interesting in itself. Well, no, okay. So, so let, let, let's take a sidebar to that really quick then. So, okay. So who, who wants to cover the Frederick Wortham, uh, <laughs> seduction of the innocent, <laughs> seduction you know. of the innocent. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I can real quick. Okay. Go ahead. So there was this guy, Frederick Wortham, who was a psychologist who, who said that he found a lot to be, you know, a lot of, a lot of the comic books basically in general were, were, were leading to, um, juvenile delinquency, you know, mm-hmm. which was basically, you know, a buzzword at the time mm-hmm. of what, you know, people were doing or kids were doing, you know, if your kid was, you know, you got your kids smoking and, and, and swigging, you know, alcohol, then something contributed to it, you know, you know, then it was comics and then rock and roll and then video games and you know you you pick it they'll pick something but comic books at one point were that thing because they were selling too well um you know it was some people say the code was was done because of um what's his name Gaines, who did mad magazine mad magazine was selling regular like marvel like timely or dc stuff so that was another reason why the code was developed mm-hmm. but basically okay. it was it was they they had this comics code that basically there was these things oh that was the other reason why it was was horror comics we're doing really, really well, but they also had. That's what um, I had heard too. That, that, that I've heard some some people argue that that the comics code was a way of trying to put EC out of business. Right. Yeah. yeah that right. was that was the thing. Was also they were trying to put EC. The horror company had basically sprung up, and because um, they were saying the 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 covers were too graphic, you couldn't. You know, there were the imagery was too much for kids, and you know, it depends on your kid. Yeah. But basically, it was one of the things where they would, you know, they basically came up with a, a list of things or, or things you couldn't do in comics from that point on. And a lot of it was designed to to curtail all the horror stuff. So that kind of stuff went away. Yeah. But it was just it was just an idea of, of let's let's get rid of, you know, right. let's get rid of like the violence in the I don't know if it was so much sexuality at that point. But Wortham thought that he that he thought Wortham brought like attention. To the idea it was odd for he thought it was odd for like Batman and Robin to live alone in a big house with one other old dude. Right. Which was Alfred, you know, yeah. he was, he was trying to find, you know, but anyway, that was the, why the code was established. So the code became a thing. Yeah. And that, and that's, fa- and that's famously what led into like the, the creation of Batwoman, the, you know, the, the mm-hmm. Katie Kane, um, right. or, you know, original, you know, Catherine Kane, Batwoman version <laughs> from the golden age right. and, and the Betty right. Kane, um, Batgirl and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. They were around. So it would, it would be, it wouldn't just be, you know, uh, an older man with a younger ward and Alfred. Right. And then he saw that there was the other thing was like the, the, the Aunt Harriet that we get from the 66 show came about then as well. So they had, an, you know, at least a female presence in the house. Yeah. So. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. And those guidelines kind of stick with comics for, for a while, for oh, yeah. many, many, many years, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, um, Okay, so that's our sidebar on the seduction of the innocent Frederick Wortham, you know, <laughs> right. comics contributing to juvenile delinquency. But yeah, okay, so but through the golden age, uh, Batman, Wonder Woman, Superman, they all stay in publication throughout, right? And and the idea is that like like the the waning sales of superheroes combined with the comics code, right, kind of claims essentially like all of the other superheroes of the time, and then we get into Western comics and horror comics and et cetera. Right. And then superhero sees a resurgence. Right. Right. Yes. In what's called the silver age. So mm-hmm. take us through that. All right. <laughs> so the silver age basically <laughs> is, um, I would, I would say Stanley would argue it's the mighty Marvel age of comics. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, beginning around, Oh, I don't know. 60, 61. But the, the Silver Age itself was 1956 and 1970, and some people argue that Silver Age is the first appearance of Barry Allen in Showcase 104, right. I believe. And, and then some people say, well, no, it's a little earlier because of the Martian Manhunter's first appearance, which is in Detective Comics uh, like a year earlier or nine months or eight months earlier. So depending on who you, who you go with and who you decide, that's where the Silver Age starts, mm-hmm. right? Some right. people say it's, 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 it's primarily with the stuff that Julius Schwartz did. By bringing back a lot of titles that were in the golden age, or a lot of characters, and then giving them, like Clifton was saying, giving them more of an atomic age or a more modern spin, but keeping the names the same. So you had like Hal Jordan, Green Lantern, first appearance, and Barry Allen's first appearance is The Flash, and then Ray Palmer's The Atom. Right. You still have, you know, Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, but these are the characters that start that are, that are there, you know, and then you have, on Marvel's side, you have a much bigger presence because... Um, Fantastic Four number one comes out, you know, mm-hmm. that's, you know, obviously 
Reed and Johnny and Sue and Ben. And then, you know, you have, uh, then it's just an onslaught between him and Kirby and Ditko of right. creation where you have, you know, um, Hulk and Thor, Spider-Man, Daredevil, Black Panther, later on, Doctor Strange, um, Wasp, Ant-Man, the X-Men. And then that expands even yeah. further to like, so, you know, all the rest of the, the characters that come out around that time. The original five X-Men. We should, we should, yeah. we should yeah. clarify. Cyclops, yeah. Jean mm-hmm. Grey, Beast, Iceman, Angel, Magneto, Professor X, Brotherhood, right? Yep. Those kind of oh, characters. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it, it, it's a big creative boom at Marvel. Like, like mm-hmm. you know, throw a rock, name your favorite Marvel <laughs> character. Chances are, right, their first appearance is during this period. Yeah, well, right? even that's the other thing is like something like even the character like as disparate as like Groot. Groot first appears as a completely different idea. Yeah, you know, but as like a tree, you know, a, a being, a tree being. <laughs> you know, he, he didn't have the I am Groot bit at that time, um, but he was. You know, it's one of the things like during the monster comic era, Groot was a thing. So they kind of extended that to the point where we are now with Groot, where he's you know part of the Guardians of the Galaxy. But yeah, it comes about. He even comes about in this point. Yeah, and so, uh, but back at DC, really quickly. So we're, we're some people that that cite the creation of Barry Allen as the start of the silver age. This is an interesting point too, because this is, this is now, this will lead into ultimately right. DC going back to the golden age characters and still saying, no, no, these characters exist and they're still here. Right. Right. So this opens the idea of legacy that we talk about a lot of times, you know, on the show as, as, as a mainstay of one of the things we love about the DC universe. This doesn't, mm-hmm. I mean, it doesn't start right away with the creation of Barry Allen, but it's, you know, we get to the, the flash of two worlds. Right. Comic, which is in this period in the silver age. Oh, period, yeah. And that, and that's sort of the, the, the beginning of, of, okay. There was a flash before. Right. Right. Yeah. Very much. So it's played as the, the idea that Barry Allen read Jay Garrick flash comics as a kid. And then it becomes a thing where the, you know, you get the idea of the, the separate worlds and they're separated by unique vibrations and the, the flash is able to, to go between one or the other and yeah oh yeah they look back they start looking back at all those characters and start to bring them back yeah and that issue in specifically was flash 123 in 1961 yeah but you also have the thing of of you know you had um you know guys from from both sides of both companies you know they would they would socialize or they would like play golf together and i remember the reading the story about um you know the success that marvel had had with fantastic four and then there was a question of, well, why don't we put all of the DC heroes together? And that's mm-hmm. where you first get the Justice League together in, in, in the Silver Age. And okay. that's, you know, assuming you're Superman. I thought it was the other way. What's the other way? I, I, thought, I thought it was the other way. I thought, I thought that it was the Marvel people had heard, like, we did this Justice League book and it's doing really well. And so, and so that, 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 that was the grain of the idea to like, oh, well, we need a team book. And then they created Fantastic Four that way. And then they also kind of because they don't they're not in costume until like issue three. And so the right. idea I thought was for Thing was that if it didn't if it didn't fail, it was also still kind of a monster comic. It was still kind of what they were doing all along at that point anyway, where Marvel was doing, you know, mostly monster books at that point. I thought it was the other way. I could be wrong. I thought it was that it was okay. basically they had it was Justice League was being put together as a response. I could be wrong. I don't know. Because at that point, because you have all those characters like Barry Allen and Hal Jordan appear, by, you know, in showcase before, and then the idea became, well, we ought to put them together in a team. But here we go. Okay. Okay. All right. I have it backwards then. Tommy. <laughs> Tommy was just looking it up for us. Okay. So Tommy, you you have Justice League March nineteen sixty, Fantastic mm-hmm. Four November nineteen sixty one. Yeah, according okay. to I, that's I did a quick Google search. That's a verify which was which that way you know we can okay. see which came first the chicken or the egg gotcha right well i have that backwards okay so was so what, what else i mean is there any other commonality that 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 you know is prevalent throughout the silver age but beyond uh atomic science and and you know that sort of stuff well i think we talked about the idea before that you know a lot of the stuff a lot of the characters had um grown up quote unquote jobs a lot of the dc characters did right you know that barry was a forensic scientist or you know and then hal was a pilot you know um carter hall curated a museum ray palmer was a scientist on top of that i think it was the push for more social issues i mean it felt yeah darker in a sense you dealt with what racism 
um, just uh, uh, a more uh, honest take on certain issues as opposed to avoiding them altogether. Right. More relevant stories based upon things that may have turned up in the news, you know, pushing those characters in the midst of certain things. That's what I saw it as. I mean, you you had uh, a lot more politics come into it, a lot more, again, social issues being right. brought to the forefront in which those characters have to deal with those issues. I mean, the, the one I remember most vividly is that um, Green Lantern, Green Arrow issue. I think mm-hmm. um, Green, uh, uh, Green Lantern, Green Arrow, number 85, in which okay. you have uh, what Speedy shooting up. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, things are like that just turned up during that age, right? Oh, yeah. Well, you have the, you know, again, it's one of those things where Marvel definitely dealt with a lot of social issues, too. They had the, the same same thing where they were tackling. They had a couple of, getting back to the code, there's mm-hmm. a couple of issues where they decided to run it without the code because they were showing um, Harry Osborn's drug use. And okay. they, could, they couldn't get a code approved, but they ran it anyways, you know, at the time because they were, thought it was an important story, so they did it. Okay. Yeah, I mean, this is the 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 fun thing for the Silver Age to me is almost like there's almost two different Silver Ages in my head, right? That happen okay. kind of simultaneously because I think I think Marvel and DC both did their own thing, but they but they which was completely different, but they both did some really awesome stuff in there, right? And so I think of when I think of Silver Age, I think Dinosaur Island right (laughs) you know that that kind of stuff right just these fun like like all the jimmy olsen like transformation books and stuff like that and 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 the wacky you know like batman of zirinar right and like just all of that stuff right just Mm -hmm. just you know whatever whatever you got like throw it into the pot we're just gonna we're gonna do we're gonna do some fun fantasy issues but at marvel side of things like this is where to me the superhero starts to change a little bit right and it starts with right. Thing, and then you get to Hulk, and then Spider Man, and it's the idea that th- that there's there's um there's like there's a negative that comes along with being a superhero. With Frank, like uh, like what you were saying, like like DC, like all of those guys sound like they have awesome jobs and they look like models the way that they're drawn, right? <laughs> right. They're all kind of perfect, <laughs> right, right? Right. And then yeah. Marvel during the Silver Age kind of introduces an idea that like that there's a flaw that comes along with having these powers right yeah mm-hmm. and so yeah i mean that that's to me i think like co- comics would would grow up even more throughout the different ages but yeah i think the silver age is sort of like the the first the first moment where they start to grow up a little bit right is that just me i don't know maybe, maybe you guys disagree with that i think right yeah oh, definitely yeah i think so. no no it, it felt that way at, at least towards the tail end of it mm. i mean that's definitely the thing where um you know a lot of those marvel books they they, they you know, that was the thing at the time was that Marvel books were unlike, completely unlike DC books because DC books didn't really feel real or they didn't feel like they were something that you could relate to because, mm. again, they were kind of removed or they weren't, they weren't you know, as grown up or as, as adult, quote unquote. Right. You know, they were still kind of kiddy in a lot of their approaches to things. And it isn't until the early 70s when they get, when they start, or late 60s, early 70s, when they start to get into more social issues right. with like the Denny O'Neill and, um, Neil Adams run like Tommy was saying on Green Arrow, Green Lantern. Right. Okay, so let's get into that though. So, so that that kicks off then the Bronze Age, mm-hmm. right? Which is what do we say, nineteen seventy? Oh yeah. Oh wow. I was off by a year. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Nineteen seventy, nineteen eighty four. Okay. So yeah. So I think so. So I think I think the Silver Age kind of starts it off, and then the Bronze Age kind of runs with that idea, like you said, like like what Tommy said, like they they you know Speedy Green Arrow's longtime sidekick is a heroin addict <laughs> during right. this era. Right. Right. And so we're getting a lot more social issues that are, that, that start to be talked about. This is kind of, I think you could argue this is kind of the era of the anti-hero starts to begin, right? You get like the Punisher Wolverine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Demon in the bottle. Right. Iron Man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then on top of that, you get um, collaborations, team up books, you know? Right. Okay. Yeah. That's 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 another thing that brought up to my attention was you got a lot of like other heroes, uh, uh, single, you know, single heroes with another hero and they'll do team ups and things of that nature and um, revivals like you saw a new type of X-Men that was different than what they, they debuted it, say with the Teen Titans. Mm, right. You know, that that popped up, too. And and then also what, what the, the most glaring thing to me was 
the um the way comic books were drawn started looking differently, you know? Right. Okay. They're like the the art style started changing from what we used to see it as. Okay. Who are some of the characters that came out? Let's let's go with that first, and then and we can yeah. kind of get into some of the superstar creators of this era too. Okay, which you're right. I mean, I I I, I tend to not think about it as art evolving, but yeah. you're right. I mean, yeah, like I'm th- I'm thinking of Kirby's style in the '60s, mm-hmm. and then I'm thinking like, yeah, Bronze Age. It's like it's Neil Adams. It's yeah. Marshall Rogers. It's <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But no, what you're saying earlier with um characters, you see you see more more minority representation in the '70s than ever before. Mm, right. I mean, we get um um <laughs> cyborg, um what else? Um, John Stewart, Green Lantern. Yeah, Monica Rambeau even makes an appearance during the age too. Luke Cage. Mm-hmm. Luke yep. Cage. Blade. Yeah, Storm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of X Men. A lot of mm-hmm. X Men. Oh, yeah. This is this is. This is kind of a renaissance period for X-Men. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Right. They had been running reprints. They were selling so low. They weren't making new issues for a while. Right. Just put out reprints of about, I don't know how many issues it was, like 20 or 30 issues, and we're expecting to cancel it. Yeah. And then Uncanny X-Men hit, and the rest is history. Isn't that, isn't yep. that crazy yeah. to think about? That, yeah, like X-Men was on the verge of getting canceled with, with the original five. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. 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 And a and couple just, editions, like Havoc and Polaris had been there by the end, too. So they had a few right. more editions, but not many. Right. Again, again, those issues are drawn by Neil Adams, so yeah. a lot of yeah. them. And then, and, then, and then you have Giant Size, Giant Size X-Men mm-hmm. number one, where we see the first appearance of Colossus and Nightcrawler and Storm and right. Thunderbird and Sunfire. Is Sunfire in there? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not yeah. Wolverine. He, he, he first appears in Incredible Hulk, but he's, he was brought over. Right, they mm-hmm. repurposed him there and yeah, started yeah. his meteoric rise to anti-hero. <laughs> yeah, I remember hearing that that Len Wein um, created the character with sort of like that in mind a little bit. It, like, you know, if you wanted to pop him up in other books, go ahead. You know, he was right. sort of, you know, um, a st- he, he, he was sort of planned to be like, you can kind of add layers to him okay. where, wherever he would land, right? And then the other interesting thing was is that like so they had been hearing that X-Men, while not doing well in the States and was on the verge of cancellation, was starting to do well in other countries. Hmm. Right. Hmm. And that's what got the editors to kind of go like, well, maybe we should sort of like, like revive the X-Men and let's start creating characters that maybe are from the country where the book is doing well. And maybe that'll entice like more readers in those in those areas to, to come in. Right. Right. And what Len Wein says is that what was funny about it is like they never told them like what countries the book was doing well in. <laughs> <laughs> so you had to guess. <laughs> so and so there was like, okay, Colossus, like he's from Russia, right? <laughs> and Storm's right. from Egypt and Nightcrawler's German. And <laughs> you know, oh, they were, wow. so it was a combination of that and plus um uh who's the long t- oh I'm blanking on the name. Dave Dave Cockrum. Mm-hmm. Right. He 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 just liked designing characters and he had a book of just like just cool visuals and cool characters that he had created that like that didn't have a home yet and they said that they just went through that book and they were like oh this metal guy cool let's use that right and this this is like this demon looking dude with a tail let's let's use him (laughs) and that's how like the germ of giant size x-men came to be Right. Well, the thing about it is that a lot of those characters that Dave Crockham designed were supposed to be Legionnaires for the Legion of Superheroes because he was working on that book before. Uh, that I did not know. Okay. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. So some of those were like some of those characters like Nightcrawler was one. I don't think Storm was, but I know Nightcrawler for sure was at one point was was part was going to be because um, it was Mike Rail was doing Legion, I think, around the same time as Dave Crockham. But Dave Crockham just built, like you said, just like design characters. And Nightcrawler was one I've seen that mentioned in like Legion. Um, books or books from around that time where like it was proposed and for some reason it just didn't happen and then he ended up taking those those characters and then you know they became you know nightcrawler became uh nightcrawler at marvel so i did not know that part he left len ween left that part out in the interview i was listening to <laughs> Very <But good>. yeah. <laughs> that's probably why timberwolf looks so much like wolverine huh? <laughs> could be yeah I would, well, the other thing is like when we think about the legion and, and the x-men the imperial guard is supposed to be the legion of superheroes Wow. Oh, no kidding. 
I didn't know that. Yeah, Gladiator, Superboy. <laughs> yeah, Oracle is Saturn Girl. Okay. They're pretty much archetypes for the Legion of Superheroes. Yeah, isn't there a shape changer on? Yeah. Wow. Never, okay. Wow. So huh. I did not know that. It makes perfect it sense, though, now that you're saying <laughs> yeah. it. Now, now right. I can't unsee it. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I can't they, remember, yeah, I can't remember all the names of them, but there's like a giant size one that's supposed to be Colossal Boy. There's like you said, there's a shape changer, Tommy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, other than like Benny and uh, or was it Benny and Cecil, like the ones that the robot within the robot, like those, pretty much all of them are supposed to have analogs in the Legion of Superheroes DC. Okay. All right, so let let's get into the modern era or whatever it's Ooh. called, Copper Age. Before I was gonna add one thing too. Okay. That, as far as the characters are going into. For the uh, Bronze Age, we mm-hmm. get the emergence of um, non-superhero characters in a larger sense, okay. like Ghost Rider. Sure. But yeah, that's that's that's, and then we get like what GI Joe, Transformers, like stuff that Marvel and DC start publishing outside of the traditional mm. capes and superheroes, which was interesting oh, yeah. to me that popped up, like the that's Star what? Wars license. Yeah, the Star yes. Wars co- right. come up at this point, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. I think the, I mean I think the biggest one and I think we talked about it before is is Rom Space Knight, yeah, which is Boston. just oh, Space yeah. Knight. Mm-hmm. It's just one toy, but I mean he touches so many parts, you know, like so many like touchstones to like various parts of the Marvel universe. Yeah. For being for being based on a like a, a toy, I think it was a Hasbro toy. Um, but that was one. But the other thing that I wanted to mention was along with um a lot of minorities was you get a lot of of, of female heroes introduced then. Mm. Yes, I mean there's Dazzler and Kitty Pride, um, and these and most of them got like Dazzler had her own book, Spider Woman, Jessica, you know Jessica Drew, Spider Woman had her own book, Miss mm-hmm. Marvel, Carol Danvers, who now is Captain Marvel, had her own book. Mm-hmm. You know, you also had along with um, like Iron Fist and Shang Chi, they sort of tapped, tried to tap into like the 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 karate craze of the time, yeah. or martial arts craze of the time, but like but like Tommy was saying, along with um, Having Ghost Rider, you had like Son of Satan, mm-hmm. a lot of hero, like a lot of horror type heroes, like Morbius as well. Yeah. Then you had what Conan the Barbarian or Savage Son of Conan came up during that time as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it was it was a good period too. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at the list that we have just you know for our notes and like Rogue was it? Yeah, I love Rogue. Rogue is- mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> She's great. Right. Ray Bill, Electra. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Rocket, Rocket Raccoon. Yeah, a lot of, sure. a lot of, you know, it's another really great area, great time for Marvel, too. A lot of big characters. Right. In this time. Yeah, Lobo over at DC. Mm-hmm. Ambush Bug. <laughs> yes. Yeah. New Gods. I mean, that's a, that's a, that's a notable thing. Kirby jumps to DC. Sure. During this period, yeah. right? We get, we get, we get Jason Todd. So we get a second Robin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. More legacy. But you got like, you know, Etrigan. You know, yeah. demon. Yeah, Swamp Thing was big. Talking about uh, Len Wein. Yeah, yeah. Commandy, but also like you had the extent again more legacy stuff where you had the idea of, you know, you had the Huntress, which was um, Earth Two Batman and Catwoman's daughter, Helena Wayne. Um, first Power Girls in this time. Yeah, I I, I included the Wonder Twins because yes, they started on the on the animated series, but they also appeared in comics in the in the, the you know the basically the Super Friends comics for that time as well. Right. Again, there's more legacy stuff. You had um, Kirby also did the, a version of the Sand of the Sandman. You know, okay, that yeah. Began with um, Wesley Dodds back in the Golden Age. So there's a lot of that stuff too. Yeah. All right. So let, so let's get into the modern air, modern age, Copper Age, whichever, whatever <laughs> people call it. Right. That's the funny right, thing okay. is that is that you know there. Th- this is one where like even the title, the name of it, like people don't agree on just yet. So we'll get no. into this. Uh, we'll, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll name off some characters that popped up in this age, and then and then we'll start getting into like which which age we think is the most important to comics based off of the characters that came out that came from it. Right. Okay. All right. So modern age. Who do we got in modern age? Modern age is more like a DC. You had like uh, John Constantine. Um, again, more legacy stuff where Wally West becomes a Flash. One that I forgot on the list would be uh, Kyle Rayner, Green Lantern. Right. You know, Kyle's pretty important because of yeah. the fact that, you know, he um, is basically the only Green Lantern for a good length of time. Right. So, Wally notable because he grows up. Yeah. He's absolutely. not created here, right? Because Wally, no. Wally West is a character from the 50s, but Wally West as an adult hero yes. is in this era, right? And mm-hmm. you could say this, the same thing for Dick Grayson, for Nightwing, right? Nightwing yeah. comes in this time, too. 
Right. Yeah. I know Blue, Ted Cord, Blue Beetle was something at Charlton before with the with Ditko when he was there. But this is where like we get Blue Beetle, Ted Cord coming into like the like it's issue three or four crisis on Infinite Earth. He shows up. Um, we get Booster Gold out of this era. Mm. Um, yeah. Same same thing with we get a new Huntress, Helena Bertinelli, which was kind of like the which pretty much is I think is the Huntress most people know now. Yeah. Even though they're starting to lean back into the idea of introducing us to a character that is. Um, Bruce and Selena's daughter. Yeah. But the, the, the crazy part of the stuff, the majority of what you're mentioning, I, it just hit me now, was we get basically the rise of the anti-hero. Like, you see Wolverine coming into being a crowd favorite. Mm-hmm. You see the Punisher, even though it wasn't created during the era, he he starts pushing up through the ranks. Right. Sure. Yeah. They find the voice for them. Yeah. But no, I was going to say that, and the other thing is, this is right around the time of um, Dark Knight Returns, mm-hmm. uh, right around the time of Watchmen. Mm-hmm. So you're looking at like, you know, all those Charlton characters that got repurposed into the Watchmen characters, you know, Rorschach yeah. and Night Owl, Dr. Manhattan. But mm-hmm. yeah, so like the Steel comes like like it's in the early night oh, late 80s, early 90s, you know, um, yeah. John Henry Irons, Blue Devil was another one that I thought was it was needed to mention. And then over at Marvel you have uh Cable and Deadpool, Domino, yeah, Venom, you know, also in the same time time frame you have um U.S. agent and Bishop, um, well, Gambit, yeah, Gambit's mid list. <laughs> you have a second, you, well, technically the third Ghost Rider, Danny Ketch, right? Silver Sable, yeah. These are a lot. I mean, again, these are you know characters that are pretty popular still now. Yeah, that are that it's hard to believe that they're like thirty year old characters at this point. Yeah. No, and you brought up Dark Knight Returns and Watchmen too, which it, like those are those are kind of pinnacle books also that are that are credited also with like really growing up comic books, mm-hmm. right? Like in subject matter and stuff like that. So yeah, so that's that's in this period, and you know, and you know, we're still feeling the inspiration of those books right. to this day. So yeah, so okay, so now, so now that now that we covered all all of the the ages and kind of kind of talked a bit about like like what what were some commonalities among all of them. So which one to you guys is based off of the characters that came from that era, which one is the most important? For me personally, I think it's the Silver Age. Okay. I think it's 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 one of those it's for Marvel especially, you know. Okay. It's where the the, the quote unquote house of ideas comes into play. All right. So much of what like uh you know, again if you're talking just fandom and what people know as Marvel comics, I mean, yes, I know people still read the Golden Age stuff. For Marvel, but if you're looking at what pretty much you know has cemented them for the last you know forty, let me look at thirty, forty, almost sixty years at this point, you know it is the Fantastic Four, Spider-Man, it's you know the Avengers, you know all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. And then I think what DC does really well in the Silver Age is just the idea of taking a lot of stuff that they had and and putting a new spin on it, and that's where your legacy stuff first begins, right? You know, they really, they really do take a good, you know, a good look at what's, at what worked and trading off the idea of, well, people know there was a flash, right? Or they know there was a green lantern, but we can, you know, we can polish that off and, you know, create a new character and do something with it. Plus you get, you know, you know, Martian Manhunters there in that era, you know, you know, everyone knows how much I love that character. Right. But there's also, you know, there's like a lot of cool ideas. I think we didn't really talk about so much of like like cave carson or the sea devils or the atomic knights or you know that's where you also get the creeper and dead man the original suicide squad starts there in that that time frame oh yeah yeah the the dinosaur island suicide squad stuff yeah yeah before they're convicts yeah let's 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 fight big monsters as we're like an arm of the you know we're part of the military kind of a thing yeah that may be something that a lot of listeners don't know is that there was a version of suicide squad before before the task force sex Amanda Waller convicts, you know, on a, on a suicide mission, mm-hmm. you know, concept. Yeah. It was, it was just normal people fighting monsters and, you yeah. know, that happened to be, you know, tied tangentially to like the, the army and stuff or the Navy or whatever. Yeah. Tangent. Uh-huh. I came across this, which came first, the Freedom Force, Marvel's Freedom Force or this incarnation of Suicide Squad? The Freedom Force? Yeah. I didn't know that. I didn't know that either. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It weirded me out because I thought. The whole thing with convicts being mm-hmm. hired by the government was Suicide Squad Origins and Marvel ripped it with Freedom Force. Oh, the Freedom okay. Force proceeds it, but 
two years. Ah, okay. Okay. And it's out of X-Men that they did it. Gotcha. Hmm. Hmm. No, I didn't know that. Well, I mean, you can argue that, you know, that it's kind of like the Dirty Dozen. Yeah, that's what I would think, too. (laughs) Oh, no, it's definitely Dirty Dozen-ish. Yeah. 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 All right. So, Frank, Frank, you say Silver Age. You know, I love the Silver Age. I love Silver Age generally most comic. Like, I love Silver Age Superman stuff. I love, you know, I love crypto and in the Bottle City of Candor (laughs) and 18 different kryptonites. Right. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh that's yeah. oh that's great. <laughs> I love yeah, all red that and gold kryptonite. I love that stuff. Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm saying. And then yeah, but like I said, I think it just I think DC was also I think Marvel put like the Silver Age on the map and then DC sort of I mean again, don't get me wrong, now that I've I made that colossal blunder earlier about getting the story backwards about the little Justice League and Fantastic Four. I, I just it's one of the things where I think they really like at that point in particular, they both were playing off each other so well that you got yeah. a lot of like really good characters and really good stories off both sides. Yeah. So I would say for me personally, I say the Silver Age is, okay. is, the, is the best for the, the heroes that were involved. All right. So what do you, what do you guys say? Tommy Clifton, what do you guys say? Oh, for me, it'd be the Bronze Age. Okay. Okay. Um, you get, you finally get a representation in comics unseen before. I mean, yeah, we have earlier um, Black Panther that came out earlier. Well, at least in the beginning part of it, but I felt like when they introduced the Black Panther, it wasn't something that was cohesive, but just uh, uh, a standalone character. But in the 70s, mm-hmm. or at least the uh, Bronze Age, you see certain characters come up to the forefront more than ever before. You get more female leads, more, um, again, diversity. And on top of that, the stories are more grounded into something that you see them running into, as opposed to something fantastical, like in the Silver Age. Mm-hmm. I mean, as great as those and magical and fantasy filled those stories were, they were just that heavy sci-fi, heavy fantasy. Bronze Age, you see the start of grounding character, um, not making them be able to push planets, so to speak. You know, mm-hmm. um, feeling heartbreak, seeing a loved one die, like when Gwen Stacy died in Spider-Man. Say what you will about the beginnings of Spider-Man. But that stuff, when Gwen Stacy dies, is, is, is gut-wrenching, you know? It, it's it's yeah. relatable to this day as far as what happens during the uh, Bronze Age, you know? Sure. Oh, no, they still, I mean, they still mind, you know, as much as they want to mind his origin, they mind that stuff still. Yeah. yeah. All the Gwen Stacy stuff is definitely, mm-hmm. a, a, you know, a milestone for that character and for Marvel Comics in general. Because mm-hmm. it's one of those things where when, um, when Marvel's the Kurt Busiek Alex Ross book came out, you know, that's where they were saying that's to a lot of people. That's when the Silver Age is over because, mm-hmm. you know, that's kind of like when Marvel loses innocence is when Gwen dies. And there's that whole issue of Marvels that's about, you know, about her, right? Like issue three. Yeah. So. Yeah. And then another thing that popped up too, I, I, I didn't even think about was you get a lot of books that are not comic book related in the same sense of what we were saying earlier. Even we get villain books like the Joker. Yeah. Or secret society supervillain mm. stuff come up, you know? Right. Yeah. yeah. Supervillain team up in Marvel. Yeah. You get mm-hmm. you get the other side of the perspective. Yeah. And then and then of course is the huge cash grab. TV <laughs> infused into it in a bit, you know? Mm-hmm. We see other characters that are based upon what we see on TV and things of that nature. So I see it as a as what characters go, uh, explosion of ideas of where they can push it even further than what they had before. You know, there's certain stories that weren't being mined in earlier times that were just starting to take fruit now, or at least in this particular age. Right. You get a lot more uh, diversity with the with how they're telling the stories. You know, it was some. It, it, it you can have a superhero that could not leave the streets or or be on another plane altogether, but still grounded in a certain sense of what they are and what they can do. You know. Right. Mm-hmm. So I say the Bronze Age okay. for me. No, some good arguments there for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think a lot of characters find their voice there for sure. Yeah, yeah. All right, Clifton, what's yours? Just foundationally, I have to go with Frank and Silver Age. Okay, I think Golden Age. I mean, obviously, is where you know the building blocks first started, but like a lot of those characters were fading out after less than a decade. Like, didn't have much staying power, and Silver Age is still the foundation of so much of what we're seeing. Mm-hmm. In comics as well as in movies and TV, like Barry Allen's The Flash on TV and and mm-hmm. the MCU is built on the early Avengers issues from the early 60s. 
I mean, Wanda and Vision and all that stuff, everything that we're still seeing is is prominently is is those characters. Yeah. So I mean that's just why I go with Silver Age there. I mean, Tommy's right, like like there's a lot of growth in what we view as the storytelling, I think is from the Bronze Age, like mm. like what we see in the stories that we're seeing now, but just the foundation of them is still Silver Age. Right. Mm. Yeah. Um I, I I agree with you. I, I'm 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 gonna try and because mine is Silver Age also, and I'm gonna I'm gonna just try and say what you were saying just a little differently. I think. I I, I mean, it's kind of a cheat because I mean, yeah, like they, they all kind of build off of each other, like what what the other ones did, right, right. Right. But Silver Age for me, you go back and you look at it, and yeah, it can it, it can feel a little hokey, and it can feel a little a little like gee whiz, and and you know, like <laughs> like you're watching an episode of Leave It to Beaver. Right. Mm-hmm. But but what I argue, though, is is I think that the Silver Age is the point, especially at Marvel, where we see the first moments of growth in mm-hmm. these characters. Right. Where yet yeah, like it is, it is done in, in a kid palpable way. Right. But just the fact that they're that they're simply injecting flaws into these characters. Right. Right. You know, that that, you know, you have powers and it's not perfect and and it's not things are not always going to go your way, I think is a really important development in comics that that, yeah, like Clifton, like you were saying, like we we are still playing with that stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think I, I think I, Tommy, I think you're right. I, th- I think the Bronze Age completely, I think, takes that to another level. Absolutely. And I think I think I think the type of storytelling changes in the Bronze Age. Right. And, 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 you know, I would never say that reading a Bronze Age comic is like watching an episode of Leave it to Beaver. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what right. I mean? But yeah. Yeah. I say Silver Age also. Well, no, I, I get what you are saying. It's three to one silver. But for me, <laughs> I, I, I'm impeccably Bronze Age. It's just because uh, Clifton was right as far as the templates concerned. But if I look at templates, it, each, each age. Per, beyond that precedes that as far as templates go. Um, but the Silver Age to me was a reimagining of the template in which they use certain characters from the past. And it's kind of what they're trying to do now with the modern age, give a different take, diversify it a bit in order to get templated characters uh, a new beginning. But, to, but as far as storytelling goes and the characters that evolve from that, the strong, I, I still believe the strongest characters that evolve from that age is what we're still seeing now. Um, I'd argue to say that the best molded characters came from that age. And if we're getting characters that we're getting now, they're infusing those old characters with the imagery that we got in the 70s or during the yeah. Bronze Age. Yeah, no, um, you're right. Barry feels more like Wally than he ever did, you know? <laughs> Very right. true. How should be dead. It should have been, <laughs> you know, it's, there, there's certain, to me, that's, that's what I see it as. Uh, and mind you, the nostalgia of the silver, I almost went with the silver age. Mm-hmm. But to be honest, the strongest stories, the, the ones back with the, the characters go through the punch and the changes, as much as as much as Batman, I think, is a strong character. That Bronze Age stuff is infused to him now more to me more than the modern. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. Superman was never Superman. Mm hmm. Then in the Bronze Age. Now, mind yeah. you, I love Golden Age Superman. Um, I love Silver Age Superman. But as far as the heart, I say the Bronze Age. It just, it just, uh, it was just the strong characterizations of who they were and why I liked the character came from the Bronze Age. Well, right. I think you'd also argue the idea that the Bronze Age is, is where you get a lot of kids that were raised on Marvel mm-hmm. start to write for Marvel or DC. Like you have a lot of guys that were in that were that were, you know, read all those Marvel books, saw what you know Stan and Jack and Steve Ditko were doing, and decided, well, this is how much you know if we were they were doing this, well, this is what we can do by taking the next step further, right? That's why you get like 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 Jim Starlin coming on doing Adam Warlock, or um, like I talked about Roy Thomas earlier, mm-hmm. or Kurt Busiek. Okay, yeah, you know all these guys that are raised on that stuff, and then applying much more of a like you said. You know, Denny O'Neill with, you know, Denny O'Neill's arguably, we talk about Green Arrow and Green, Green Lantern, but there's also mm-hmm. Denny O'Neill's, wouldn't you say, um, Zach, the one that helps bring Batman back to more of his roots? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. 
No, I 100% agree with Tommy there. I think, okay. I, you know, I, I think as far as Batman, what he is now, yeah, I think people will say Dark Knight, right? Dark Knight Returns, mm-hmm. but it's the Bronze Age. It's but the it's 70s the stuff. Age. Yeah. Yeah. But okay, I, I, see your, I see your influence there, Frank. And I say the most prolific time in comics came from the modern age in which people saw what was due to Bronze Age. But that but you're making you're about to make my point for me, Tommy. The idea is the fact that if if the Silver Age at Marvel had never happened, you don't start to look at characters. You can't get like you have to get where the seeds were planted, right? And then if you don't take it, if 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 Stan and Jack and 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 uh, Steve Ditko and and the guys there at the bullpen didn't start taking a more realistic look at at you know not everything's you know it's not everything's like an episode of Leave It to Beaver. Not everything's like the kids in Riverdale. Not everybody gets along. Just because you're you're wearing a superhero costume, we're not all chums and buddies, and you know, people are people. Just because they have superpowers doesn't mean they're not people, and that starts with the Silver Age of Marvel. But uh, you're right; it starts there. But the biggest explosion happens in the age after. So if you're saying that, right, that's why. And that's why I say that the that those kids that were you know, again those kids, and I say kids, you know, it's funny to refer, refer to guys that are way older than any of us that made those stories. When I say that when the, those kids came in and the, you know, when you, when you basically see like the clean cut guys in the sixties where it's like Stan and Jack and Steve, and at that point, Steve Ditko has gone. But if you look at like old bullpen photos of say like Chris Claremont or um, like shooter, Jim shooter, or, you know, any of those guys that all like the long haired guys from the seventies, like Len Wein, um, who's another one, like a star, I don't know if star, I guess Starlet at that point, Gil Kane, but I was, yeah, I mean, Kane is sixties yeah. or seventies. Gil Kane's more 60s he was more DC than he was I mean he did Marvel too because he did Spider-Man but he did I mean when I think Gil Kane I always think of like the Atom or uh, how like when he did he did a lot of Green Lantern stuff give me a year so to speak it just makes me understand it better because to be honest I'm new to the aging and where the time frame goes I don't know what's sketchy with certain people but if if you're talking about to me because when you say silver to me I get 60s and maybe a scotch or a little. I mean, if we're looking at the list that I, that I put together, we're looking at Silver Age is to, up to about 70, 1970. Yeah. About, give or take. Right. Mm-hmm. So again, you're talking, you're talking, you know, like, you know, this is like, you know, this is the heyday of like Stan still writing a bunch of books, yeah. <laughs> you know, Kirby's mm-hmm. still with him on Fantastic Four. Mm-hmm. It goes probably gone at this point. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's those early, you know, it's those early, all the, the, the mainstay books, right? Yeah. Yeah. This, this is when, this is when you, who, who, who was it that was working for Marvel when, when, like, when they were like 15 or something like that? Uh, was that Starlin? Or- was that Starlin or Shooter? I can't remember. Shooter worked for DC. He worked, he wrote Legion of Superhero Stories when he was 13. Yeah. That's nuts, right? Yeah. It's nuts. yeah, it's yeah. crazy. Yeah. yeah. It's absolutely nuts. Yeah. Yeah. All right. This is going to bring up. I have a quibble about just ages in general. Okay. Yes. Go ahead. Yes. Sure. There is. There's no way we're still in one age since 1984. I know that's what lots of people say, so that's not that's not on anyone here. That's just a common thing you will see yeah. out there. But there is no way that is possible because every other age is roughly 15 years. Yeah. And now we're supposedly this one's 30 plus at this point. And yeah, I, th- I think a lot of I think part of it has to do with people not wanting to admit they're getting old. Yeah. <laughs> people not wanting to admit they've lived through multiple comic ages at this point but there's just so much difference like personally i would say an age changed around 2000 mm-hmm. yeah and then probably again around 2015 just personally in my mm-hmm. own opinion uh and i have some things that would indicate it for me but uh yeah that's just my personal thinking no i agree with you 100 percent. yep I do to too. me i think the emergence of image creates a whole nother age mm. That's that's just me. Right. There was one list that I saw. So this is the same one that I talked about that says the golden age ended in 47. And then you have the atomic age, which is your Western romance sci-fi boom from 48 to 55. Right. So I'm going off of this, this list really quick. Then they say silver age is 56 to 69. Bronze age is 70 to 84. And then this is where it gets different. Right. They say dark or copper age is 85 to 91. Okay. Then they call an extreme age, which is 92 <laughs> to 98, right? And then 98 to 2016, they call the movie age. Right. Ooh. I would call it the graphic novel age myself. Right. Okay. But. Yeah. But, but see, the thing is, I would think that a lot of, I would say a lot of, for me, I would think you need a vertigo age in there somewhere too. 
Right. Because yeah. I think I think a lot of you know I think you know Swamp Thing leads into Vertigo, and then you have all these like we talked about before in another episode the idea that you know um, Neil Gaiman Sandman is so heavily rooted in DC continuity and history up to a certain point, and then it sort of gets turned off, and then it becomes more you know literature based, or you know in some cases opera based, or you know higher art quote unquote based. Right. All right. Okay, so to close out, so which one of the heroes from the age we selected do we think is the most important of that era? But first, if you like the show, be sure to check out all of our past episodes on YouTube and let me know how it is dot com. Just please, however you find us, don't forget to like, subscribe and leave us a review. Finally, if there's anything you would like us to discuss, please be sure to leave a topic suggestion on Twitter or in the comments. Our Twitter handle is our show's initials at LMKHII. All right. so. Of the era you chose, who's the most important character from that age? I feel like three of us may select the same character. Probably. <laughs> Probably. Well, I'll go first since mine's the only, the only one that, that matters. Okay. Um, due to uh, public support, I will go with Storm. Okay. <laughs> representation matters. Not that, not that they've done much with the character, but representation of a strong back woman is a great thing. Yeah. No, and some of her best stories are from that era, too. Oh, yeah. I would say. Oh, yeah. yeah. Some of her best moments. Yes. Storm is great. Okay. Frank Clifton. Who wants to say this guy first? <laughs> should we do a one, two, three, and same at the same time? Yes. Yeah, should we? Okay. Yes. Oh, all right. Let me do a count. Okay. Let me do okay. A count. All right. All right. Count us down. On three. Mm-hmm. One, two, three. Spider-Man. Spider-Man. <laughs> No, sorry. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. It's in crypto. <laughs> no, mine was Spider-Man as well. Yep. Okay. <laughs> Three for Spider-Man. Yeah. Okay. I think, yeah, I think, I think as well as, you know, as, as the idea of, you know, changing the game of, no, a teenage kid could be a superhero and it doesn't have to be a sidekick. It's important. And then also the idea of just that, um, you know, just the, the amount of stuff that Peter Parker goes through in a day, but the release or the transformation that he makes going into Spider-Man is, is, you know, those Ditko Stan Lee stories still are magical for me to read even now. So, Sure. As a kid in the Bronze Age, as it were, or Modern Age, I guess it was somewhere on the cusp of Bronze to Modern Age when I was first getting into this stuff. It was Spider-Man that brought me into it. I talked about before Spider-Man is Amazing Friends uh, was my was my gateway to the whole comic world and superheroes and like still like it. So I have like a, you know, nostalgic spot for that, but just as a character, I think it, it definitely, he changed the game of comics at that point in time, the, in the every man being the hero, but still with every day with every man problems and, yep. and, and, and the stuff they, the, they face like Gwen Stacy and stuff that we get to in the bronze age, just all of it was there, uh, you know, from the get go with them. Yeah, I, I would say, too, also, um, this is nice. This is nice how this worked out that we didn't step on each other's toes with this. <laughs> I would say, too, that his supporting cast, I think, is in some ways, everybody in comics is kind of chasing Spider-Man as far as that goes and the importance that the supporting cast has. Right. Yeah. Um, because, I mean, they are so. They, they are so um part of what he goes through and not necessarily there to like get them out of a jam mm-hmm. right you know what i mean and, and i think i think that's super important and i guess i think spider-man is you know maybe the most important character in all of comics for that reason i mean him or archie i guess <laughs> really you know what i mean no. right um, sure no but spider-man can be anybody yeah and that's what makes it so important and i agree with all what you guys said as far as uh his importance in comics. I mean, it, he, he transcends a lot of stuff without having to, uh, change or retro retro or just change the character at all. Basically. Um, he embodies everything. And what Zach was saying earlier, I've never seen a supporting cast more beloved. Yeah. Essentially. I mean, even, even the ones that pass and are barely in the story <laughs> i mean you're wrong the, the influence that uncle ben leaves is immeasurable yeah 
Um, you don't question his love interests, his trials and tribulations. I mean, every aspect of the character is indelibly uh, beloved and, and, and embraced without question. I've never seen a character in its best iteration pure. Like, you know what I'm saying? Mm. It's, it's not like they went back and gave him freeze breath or laser vision, you right. know, or made him fly, you know? Yeah. It's not like they changed his personality in order to keep up with the times. Yeah, very That's true. In, 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 in fact, they're still chasing the original story just because it's that honest. Yeah. You know? No, we said it in our teenage superhero uh, episode, too. I mean, it's like, you know, he he's the archetype, right, for Spider-Gwen, Silk, uh, uh, Miss Marvel, My, right? Miss Marvel, Miles, yeah, yeah, Like, yeah. they're all... Robin static. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're all a a a a play on Spider-Man, on the on the on the yeah. on the archetype that he created or that that was created with him, I should say. So, yeah. No, good stuff. All right. Be sure to tell us your thoughts in the comments or on Twitter about Comic Ages and its heroes. As always, we'll post links and examples to everything we talk about on letmenowhowitis.com. Please remember to like us and follow us on social media. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next time. 